Hello, welcome back to another episode of Chairsite Live. I'm Dr. Justin Chi, Clinical Research Associate and a member of the team of practicing dentists here at Glidewell Laboratories. This episode highlights the close working relationship and trust between dentist and assistant as Dr. Anna Maria Mirashan and registered dental assistant Will Schmidt follow a treatment plan involving crown lengthening surgery, biotemps provisionals, and a final obsidian pressed metal bridge to create an optimal outcome. Let's take a look. Hello and welcome to our new clinical presentation in which we will center our attention on crown lengthening surgery followed by temporization with CAT CAM fabricated biotemp provisionals. Patient presented with a three unit PFM bridge that had porcelain broke off the frame. To replace the broken prosthesis and to restore proper function and aesthetics, I chose obsidian pressed to metal. Noting the plunging opposing cusp, I could not initiate the procedure without re-evaluating the interocclusal space and address the lack of it, especially over the distal connector. To provide more interocclusal space, crown lengthening and selective occlusal adjustment of the opposing cusps was planned. Measurements were recorded and revealed deep periodontal pocket mesial to 31. The measurements were used to facilitate the accurate removal of the bone in order to provide clinical crown exposure and space for biological width. To cut through the metal and porcelain, I use a zircator burr. After removal, a significant amount of leakage and a subgingival caries was present on 31. Preps were cleaned of debris, then a periodontal probe was used to assess the height of the preparation walls and lack of retention form, especially on the mesial axial wall of number 31. To properly improve the retention and access the lingual gingival caries, I planned for crown lengthening on the molar only. With Picasso laser, I outlined the predetermined contour of the gingival tissue. In order to detach the gingiva from the tooth and bone, I made the incision using a 15 blade going circumferentially along the sulcus of number 31 and a release along the crest. Using a periosteal elevator, I reflected the flap to permit the visualization of the underlining bone tissue. I reduced the bone height circumferentially using a diamond round burr with copious irrigation. Then preparation finish line was placed apically to increase the axial wall height. Chromic gut 3.0 suture were used to close the flap and allow the gum to properly attach to the bone. The new bone topography will support and reposition the gum 2 mm incisal to the newly created bone margin, leaving more tooth structure above the gum. This will facilitate retention form and allows space for the technician to apically reposition the connector. After any flap surgery, I always like to apply an antioxidant periodontal gel over the surgical site. I will turn it over to Will, my RDA, as he will complete the temporization process over the surgical site. Well, thank you, Dr. Mirashan. Now that our patient's surgical procedure has finished, the focus on the temporization of the site needs to first be carefully planned and then followed through. I need to rely on a biotemp provisional that will not lock into the freshly placed sutures, but will also not contaminate the site or trap particulate. My go-to dressing to prevent acrylic integration into the sutures is a bed of Teflon tape strips. Make sure to run the strips through a sterilizer and have them handy for when a situation like this presents itself. Place the acrylic reline inside the biotemp 
and wick away any overflowing acrylic with motions that pull it out and away from the embrasure areas. If you've taken the time to dress the area carefully, you should have no problem removing the biotemp after it has cured. As Dr. Mirashan stated, she likes to start by applying a generous amount of Parasciences ProVantage Gel. The antioxidant combination of this product has shown in studies to promote cell proliferation and healing, especially in oral cells. The biotemp needs to be shaped in a fashion that will train the gingiva to heal and rest in a position that is ideal for the final restoration to be completed. No pressure, but the level of success that this crown lengthening will have in the long run starts with the skills we utilize right here. I am very careful to plan the line angles of this biotemp as I trim the acrylic flash. I always focus on nice, thin embrasure areas and margins that give the gingiva breathing room, but I am also taking great consideration to shape the pontic in a way that will allow the gingiva to heal and then form an aesthetic interproximal fill. Laying down another bed of Teflon tape, I fill the finish and polish biotemp provisional with my cement of choice, in this case, TempoSim non-eugenol and then I insert it onto the preparations. Once I am satisfied that my biotemp has seeded into place, I remove the Teflon tape while the cement is in its gel state, and then begin to remove the bulk excess, always wicking it out and away from the sutured site. I will always manage a floss underneath the pontic and ensure that all cement has cleared the tight areas between the biotemp and the gingiva. Any long suture ends that may unfurl or become irritating to the patient can be trimmed and tucked away nicely to finalize the day's procedure. One last application of Periosciences gel is placed surrounding all margins and angles of the working area, and a supply of gel is sent with the patient to be utilized at home during the healing process. Specific indications for use are given, along with general post-procedural instructions. So flash forward four weeks, the patient has returned for final preparations, I have removed the biotemp and prepared the site for Dr. Mirshan to take over. Thanks, Will. Following the completion of the healing phase, tissue looked pink and healed nicely. At this time, patient was recalled to initiate the final restoration phase. This is at the final impression appointment, packing the first cord. All the amalgams were removed and preps were finalized. Note how I was able to provide more occlusal clearance for a more aesthetic obsidian pressed to metal restoration in the place of the old full metal coverage. After crown lengthening, the preparation looks longer above the gum. I provided the lab with a full arch impression and bite registration using capture material. I used capture medium and heavy body for the impression and hard capture impression material for the bite registration. At this time, patient was ready to receive a new set of biotemps. Here is once again my assistant finishing the subsequent temporization steps. Well, let's take a closer look at this biotemp provisional. I have requested that this particular biotemp be fabricated with wire retention built in. Gladwell Labs biotemp provisionals are designed by CAD-CAM technology and can always be reinforced by request for additional support when needed. For this stage of temporization, we have also chosen to start over with a brand new biotemp shell to reline rather than utilizing the existing biotemp that the patient has worn throughout the healing phase. Although the current biotemp could absolutely be retrofit to the refined preparations, our goal here is to continue to train the gingiva until the final restoration is seated. Additionally, I really want to make sure that I grab the nicest margins that I can in order to prevent any relapse or overgrowth of tissue. 
I never want the cost of a temporary to be the deciding factor in what is placed to wear at any stage of treatment, especially when focused on surgical healing. In situations where the best aesthetic result may call for multiple biotemp provisionals to be delivered, simply rolling the cost into the patient's overall treatment fee is the surefire way to avoid worrying about financial overhead instead of promoting the optimal treatment process possible for your patient's benefit. The isolation, temporary cement, and removal stages remain standard protocol while always making sure to pass a floss under the pontic area to ensure that no large remnants are allowed to stick. The occlusion is spot on, and the anatomy gives these biotemps a lifelike appearance. At your discretion, stain and glaze can be added chairside to enhance the aesthetics of a long-term temporary. Flashing forward once more, the removal of the biotemp is a quick process due to the well-prepared path of insertion. To aid in temporary cement removal, an ultrasonic scalar and a pumice polish should be administered. Dr. Mirashan then treats the preparations with two consecutive one-minute coats of G5 all-purpose desensitizer prior to final cementation. She evaluates the margins and occlusion to determine that no additional adjustments are necessary. Reliax Luting Plus resin-modified glass ionomer cement is used for seeding. We tack cure the cement slightly to enhance polymerization and then remove any excess to finish. Dr. Mirashan, is there anything you would like to add in conclusion? Yes. We saw how each aspect of the treatment depended on the success of the prior procedures in order to achieve an optimal result. With this case, I attempted to highlight the approach of using biotemp over a surgical site for a successful restoration treatment. In this case, we saw a patient coming in with a compromised situation. The final result of the treatment shows an obsidian pressed to metal bridge that satisfies the biological, functional, and aesthetic criteria established preoperatively. Additionally, we can see the final obsidian pressed to metal is not only beautiful, it's also providing the strength necessary on the posterior area without compromising aesthetics. Thanks for that case, Dr. Mirashan. On behalf of everyone here at the lab, thanks for watching Chairside Live, and we'll see you back here next time.